Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not selling paintings for $225,000. Check it out, Hunter Biden teaming up with another art gallery to move some product for some big money. And if you think the price is high... You should meet the painter. We'll explain why ethics officials say it's a bad look, not only for the painter, uh, but for his father in the Oval Office. Oh, I'm in trouble. He very well may be. A lot of people feel that way. We're going to discuss it today on a big Monday, a triumphant return to our New York studios. Tommy Laren is in the house, multimedia sensation from OutKick. And incoming South Carolina Congressman Russell Fry in the house as well to help me get reacclimated to our New York digs. We survived Oklahoma City. We're back in the Big Apple for a couple of days. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the shindig. You know the rules, whether you're calling in, listening along at home. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. We had a wild one. If you were in uh, Oklahoma City over the weekend... Just first class uh, in every way. The Bricktown Comedy Club is a home run, um, thankfully, uh, for myself. They also happen to own the Summit City Comedy Club I'll be playing this weekend in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So if you're out that way, uh, we're going to be doing our show live uh, in Fort Wayne this coming Friday. And we will be at the Summit City Comedy Club Friday night and Saturday night. There's a handful of tickets left for the Saturday night show at Summit City Comedy Dot com. Uh, but we begin back here in New York with one quick shout out. We have a listener uh, who catches us on KRMG in Tulsa, Oklahoma, driving back and forth to Dallas. He also picks us up on Freedom 96.9 during his route. Uh, the guy's name is Alan Cole. And Alan Cole, if you are out there, uh, this bud's for you. Alan brought me some birthday presents uh, to the Late Show Saturday night uh, in Oklahoma City. Uh, some silly Mickey Mantle stuff, a Steelers T-shirt for Lincoln, a race car for Emily Campagno, uh, even a weird Santa hat for Jenny Fail. It's a little kinky. i got to be honest, Alan. Uh, but we'll take it, and uh, we will take you. And it was so heartening to me to go do these live events and interact with the folks who listen to the show because you're all cool. I am yet to meet a single solitary person that I'm like, God, I hate that they listen to this show. Everybody's amazing. Like, if everyone listening is as cool as the folks showing up to comedy clubs, like, I'm actually proud of this audience. I really am. In terms of your character, uh, in terms of your ability to take a joke, because Lord knows we were playing prison rules in Oklahoma City. Some things were said uh, that I don't know we would ever be safe saying on a broadcast medium such as radio or television. But you were all phenomenal sports as far as audiences go. I do have some concerns about your drinking, but we're not going to get into that right now. Because there is another substance abuser making headlines as we get on the air this morning. Uh, he goes by the name of Hunter Biden. So let's have a quick transition. I was just talking about this on America's Newsroom with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino. If you missed the hit, it's on the Fox Across America Facebook page. If you want to see how the makeup team gussied me up after a rough weekend in Oklahoma City. Those makeup folks really do. They get hazard pay on Mondays after I come in from a weekend of uh, eating and drinking all over the comedy scene around the country. They take one look at me and they're like, That boy 
Kamala is a P.I.G. pig. Maybe so. Uh, but Hunter Biden, uh, an S.C.A.M. scam. Uh, here is the story. And there's a million things going on. We're going to get into the Twitter files later. There's a whole hullabaloo down at the border. And we've got, uh, i got to be honest with you, a really bad update on this Brittany Griner-Victor boot swap. Because apparently he is already back in business for the Russian government putting targets Back onto the backs of Americans. Uh, this is a reality just, you know, within hours of us trading him for Brittany Griner. Biden sucks. A lot of people feel that way. But we focus on his son for a minute and it'll make its way back to the Oval Office. But according to the New York Post, uh, Hunter has a new Soho show. Now, if you remember a year ago at this time, Hunter Biden was doing a private show down in Soho here in New York City. Well, we were told he was selling $400,000 paintings, $500,000 paintings, but it wasn't open to the public, okay? And they were taking anonymous bids, which leads a lot of people to believe whoever happens to be bidding on this stuff is probably trying to peddle some type of an influence with the government. Tell them like it is. And the reason I say that is because you understand Hunter Biden, he might have been painting uh, for his whole life. I don't know that he was. According to this latest press release, he's been painting for 20 years, and he's now trying to pursue his passion full time. Now, all of that is good and well, and there's no greater champion of the creative process or the value it gives you in your life to have that creative compass, that, that gravity. When you're working on a project, it's amazing because every day you get out of bed with a purpose for being out of bed. You have this thing you're passionate about, and you're trying to refine it. You're trying to improve it. All of that stuff, I actually applaud. I don't have an issue with Hunter Biden being a painter. I think it's great. Certainly a lot better than the other things he's been doing with his life. I don't want to get into a lot of them, but man, oh boy, oh man. Uh, the next time I see Hunter Biden with clothes on will be the first time I see Hunter Biden with clothes on. That guy is a little bit of a nightlife. But the reason people are concerned about what look an awful lot like an ethics violation here is because Hunter Biden has never been on the art market for, before. Ergo, OK, there is no market for his paintings. Bingo. Meaning when you just show up and you go, hey, I'm a painter. Congratulations. The most celebrated painters in history died penniless 99 times out of 100. Because no one knew anything about them when they were alive. There wasn't a lot of attention drawn to their work. They became posthumous geniuses. They became rich in death. Okay? Hunter Biden as a beginning painter, as any other beginning painter will tell you, is the first guy to walk into the art world with a two, three, or $400,000 market for his paintings. Now, the reason that market exists is not because there was some underworld chatter like, oh, you got to see this guy. No, he's amazing. I saw him back when he was playing clubs. Now he's an arena band. No, that's not going on here, okay? Hunter Biden didn't have any type of following in the underground art world, something the White House, this White House, has called out in the past as being ripe with money laundering. But Hunter Biden, being the son of the sitting president of the United States, says, hey, I want to sell some paintings. And all of a sudden, the money comes flying in the door. I got a bad feeling about this. A lot of people do. Because this isn't how art works. Okay, you know what else isn't how, you know, it works? It's very much like the Burisma deal. The reason the Bidens are constantly accused of selling influence in our government is because at a time when Joe Biden was the sitting vice president, his son, who had no formal background in energy, who didn't speak the Ukrainian language, was called up out of the blue 
from a Ukrainian power company and asked to sit on the board of their company. That's not right. It's not right because it creates the perception of a quid pro quo. Hey, we're trying to negotiate a contract, an energy contract with a government this guy happens to be the vice president of. What if we start paying his son $800,000 a month? Maybe that'll, you know, sway a little influence up there in the administration. And that's exactly what went down. And that's why a lot of people feel that when it comes to the Hunter Biden laptop, it's not the fact that Twitter censored it. Sure, that's terrible. But it's not a smoking gun from Twitter that we should be pursuing. It's the many smoking guns that exist in the Hunter Biden laptop where the guy happened to be making unjustified amounts of money, meaning nobody was sitting at a Ukrainian power company going, hey, you know, what? we need to boost profits. There's a guy out in L.A. He just got kicked out of the Chateau Marmont. You know, the place where Belushi overdosed, you know, the place where Jim Morrison was allowed to uh, fly high like a kite for, you know, most of his early 20s. Well, this guy was doing too many drugs for the place that put up Belushi and Jim Morrison. We need to, he got kicked out of the Chateau Marmont for doing too many drugs and for having too many hookers inside his hotel room. Oh, yes, I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, a Ukrainian power company was not sitting around looking to sit a guy with that pedigree on their board unless they thought having that guy on their board would lead him to someone more influential. He knows what he's talking about. And that's where we are with the art. Okay, when you're a beginner artist, the market for your paintings is friends and family. Hey, look, I made you a painting. Uh, You know, give it to a buddy. And you hope to, you know, kind of circulate uh, your work and start to create some type of an appetite for what you do. Hunter Biden, as a beginner artist, is commanding prices that renowned masters would be lucky to fetch. So do you understand the fact that a market already exists doesn't have to do with his paintings. It has every single thing to do with his name. That is correct. Okay, and when you're already being accused of trading on your name, this very much creates the perception that this administration, they don't care about optics. They don't care that this looks as bad as the Burisma deal at a time when Congress is hoping, is promising anyway to investigate what went on in that laptop. They do not care about optics because they know they have a press that's not going to draw any attention to this. There's nobody talking about this on any other network. And to be clear, everybody should be talking about it because if the president is corrupt, if the president is compromised, so are you and so am I. That's true. That is true. Now, the truth is we don't know that Joe Biden is compromised. The only thing we know is that he has lied about his his son's business dealings at every single turn. He lied when he said, hey, I've never talked to my son about his business dealings once. We know that to be true. Why? Because we have emails now that every news outlet on the planet has authenticated showing that Joe not only spoke to Hunter about his business, but he met with his business partners. That, according to Tony Bobulinski, one of the living, breathing partners who was willing to put his name on it, Joe Biden was getting a 10% kickback on every single thing they did. Are you the big man, Joe? We don't know for a fact that he is the big man. But we do know he has lied at every turn. And when there's smoke, there's some type of a fire. Unless, you know, of course, Hunter's back on the pipe. But I don't wish him that. Okay, but what I wish you this holiday season, what I wish me, what I wish everybody who cares, is that we get the truth. Because Lord knows we're not getting it out of the White House.
White House girls sent Biden to bed early because he's really old and he's senile. He makes up so much crap the country's worried. He's lying like it's going out style. You can't hide Joe Biden's lies for a while. They made some try. I thought by go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work in the gym in the bedroom how about it eugenics total t testosterone booster has testafin which will boost your testosterone you know the man hormone how about more of that you can try eugenics total t before you buy there's nothing to lose everything to gain now get a complimentary bottle of eugenics total t when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of eugenics thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you guys follow me uh, around the country, I'm like your Grateful Dead. You know, you got a chance to get in the Volkswagen bus and come hang out with me in Fort Wayne, Indiana this weekend. I will be at the Summit City Comedy Club. You can get tickets at summitcity.com. I mention this because joining us now on the phone from Cromwell, Oklahoma, is a survivor of this weekend's get-together at the Bricktown Comedy Club. Jimmy is in the house. Jimmy! Hey, Jimmy, I just wanted to let you know it was a awesome, awesome show. Oh, you man. are so funny. <laughs> oh, buddy, thanks for that. Uh, you know how this I, works. I even put you on my profile picture on Facebook. Get me out and of my th- daughter. Me and my daughter went there. Uh-huh. Um, I was the guy in the loud, obnoxious shirt with the white <laughs> cowboy hat, not the black <laughs> cowboy hat that the even older cowboy gave you. <laughs> Yo, I didn't wind up taking home that hat, uh, by the way. You didn't? No, he was he was so smashed, and I wasn't I wasn't sure if he was going to come back looking for it, so I decided to punt. But I totally remember you. We took a picture. I remember your daughter. First of all, thank you for coming out. Second of all, I'm only as funny as you are. Are drunk. Don't ever forget that part. 
I don't even drink. <laughs> there went that. I was trying to be modest. No, that was a great crowd, man. That was a really, like, every show. We did three for the weekend. And that you know what it is? Like, the people of Oklahoma, this is what I found in, in the you know short amount of time I had there. Everybody's too busy having a good time. To waste time over, you know, like being offended or, you know, concerning themselves with anything I said, because that was, I mean, as free speech rallies go, uh, you'd have to venture to say 80 percent of that stuff could have been said on TV or radio. No, I believe it. (laughs) I believe it. It's so politically correct out there now. And they don't seem to understand anyone can succeed in America if you work hard enough or are smart enough, even if you're pretty enough, you can succeed in America. The only ones that have to worry are the lazy, dumb, ugly ones. There's <laughs> even, even a couple of lazy, dumb, pretty ones that probably need to hustle a little bit more, but I work with half of them, so I'm not going to start naming names now. You know what I'm saying, Jimmy? Well, well, listen, the word on the street, okay, is the folks in Bricktown are opening another club up the road in Tulsa. It's going to open in May. And I'm going to wind up doing both of them. So you'll see me in your neighborhood again probably at some point later in the summer uh, or early next fall. And uh, you may might even run into me in Tulsa at some point between now and then as well. So don't I'm go th- halfway between Oklahoma and City and Tulsa, so I can catch you at either one, and we will catch your next show when you're in Oklahoma. Oh, Jimmy, you're the man. All right, I'll start writing some new material. Uh, don't throw out that hat. You look sharp, man. <laughs> Thank you. Good stuff, brother. I'll see you soon. There he goes. The great Jimmy in Cromwell, Oklahoma, his lovely daughter as well. We hung out at the show, had a nice chit-chat at the red carpet meet and greet afterwards. I have to tell you, man, everybody who comes to the show is Jimmy. Everybody. The Jimmy you were just talking to, sweet as pie, super funny. They don't take life too seriously. I mean, you can't imagine. I mean, I guess you can because you listen to the show every day. But when I get on stage at a comedy club, like it's 1980. Okay, there's no, you know, it's not that I'm saying inflammatory things or trying to hurt people's feelings or doing anything malicious, but we're doing stand-up shows like there's no such thing as censorship or outrage mobs or cancel culture because here's a newsflash, folks. Nobody likes those people. Okay, the whole outrage thing was always a tyranny of the minority. I always knew that. I've never had to adjust my act. I've been doing stand-up the last five or six years on the road um, at the height of all of this insanity. Mainly, I was getting away with it because I wasn't a big enough name for anybody to care about canceling. Okay, because when they come to cancel an artist like a Dave Chappelle, they're not doing it because they're really mad or their feelings are hurt. They're doing it because they expect to get something out of attacking the guy. That's true. That is true. That's the outrage mob, okay? They're not offended on behalf of anybody. You know, they're, they're just out there saying, I'm offended, give me something. I'm offended, look at me. I want some Twitter likes and I want them now. You know, or in the case of Netflix, I want a promotion because they're airing comedy I don't agree with, so I better get a promotion. That's all they're doing, okay? I've always seen through it. I've always been willing to fly into that storm. And, uh, you know, in terms of whether or not I have to adjust my act now that I'm, you know, have a little bit of a bigger presence on the Fox News platform, oh, the, the answer is absolutely, positively, no. I mean, no. Are you crazy? Like, you coming to Summit City this weekend. We are throwing the fastball, okay? A few of them might fly into the bleachers, to be honest with you. But you know what we're going to do the very next signal the catcher gives us? We're going to throw the fastball again. And we don't care where it lands. So you've been warned. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
Introducing the Biden on the shelf, the holiday spy that never gets kids in trouble. Oh, no, I broke mommy's favorite vase. I I don't remember that ever happening. Other elves report back to Santa, but the Biden on the shelf doesn't know who's in charge. I keep forgetting I'm president. Kids always get ratted out for breaking COVID rules. But with the Biden on the shelf, you can forget about it. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives... It's just, I mean, you think about it. The Biden on the shelf, beating the competition by a nose. Stop sniffing my sister's hair. Come on, man. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Biden on the shelf didn't notice apparently any uh, potential problems with trading Brittany Griner for the merchant of death, Victor Boot, the far better shooter in this trade. Uh, here is Preet Pahara. He's on Meet the Press over the weekend explaining how this type of trade really puts Americans in harm's way. And he explains this. Why? Because we already have reports that Victor Boot is back in business with the Russian government. He's singing put me in coach, you know, John Fogarty center field style and is aiding them already in some of the wars overseas. Like, you know, the one in Ukraine that's supposed to be the root of all evil. This is a really bad deal. And again, you always have to preface it by saying you're happy Brittany Griner is home. Any day you get an American back is a good day. But with given the amount of Americans being held overseas, I don't know. I feel like if you are going to trade the merchant of death, we at least get back an American that actually likes America. I think he's got a point. But now's no time for logic. And here's Preet Bahara explaining exactly that. Clip one. You know, there's some concern not just about this particular trade, but as some people in good faith, not, I'm not talking about the politicians necessarily, who wonder and worry that if you, if you engage in this kind of trade, asymm- deeply asymmetrical trade, does it put other Americans in harm's way in the future? I mean, seriously, does it? Yes. The answer is yes. Here's the rest of it. Uh, you know, and of course, people Hara being your former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, you know, is a guy who traditionally has taken positions that would align with the Biden administration. He's certainly no fan of Donald Trump. So this isn't just some, like, partisan guy looking to get you mad at the president. This is a guy that sees the message being sent to the rest of the world, which is, hey, if you kidnap celebrities, you can probably get back the bad guys you want. Okay, here it is, clip two. At the same time, you might imagine that not as just a general prosecutor, but the prosecutor who oversaw the prosecution and conviction of Victor Boot has a view about how dangerous a person he was. He's, as you said, someone who was convicted at trial by unanimous jury of conspiracy to kill Americans. Uh, he was convicted of conspiracy to provide material support <clears throat> to terrorists. Uh, he's on tape with confidential informants, planning to sell hundreds of surface-to-air air missiles to the FARC, also sell 30,000 uh, AK-47s to the FARC for the stated purpose of shooting down American helicopters mm-hmm. In Colombia. So he's a dangerous man then. I don't know how dangerous he, <clears throat> he is now. I mean, think about that. That can't be good. Okay, this is a guy who's been trying to harm America, who's been selling weapons to harm Americans. But the problem we have in this day and age, I bring this up all the time, man, 
is everybody just retreats to their political corners. Well, I'm going to attack the Democrats for doing that. I'm going to defend it and go after the Republican. But what's lost in the middle is the actual logic of what's going on here. A man named the Merchant of Death who armed an entire African Civil War. You know how the Democrats tell you they're the party of black people? They love to tell you that all the time. No, we got to, you know. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Victor Boot is responsible for more black deaths than anybody in the last hundred years. Okay, he is the guy that has funneled illegal weapons into every African village in an effort to incite violence, which, oh, by the way, he has done rather successfully if you measure success by such dastardly deeds. Okay, this is a guy not only getting people killed in other parts of the world, but this is a guy who's wanted in every dark corner of the planet for his ability to funnel, you know, weapons and train people in a way that will, in fact, ultimately harm Americans. Okay, that's the bigger issue. But when people focus on the politics of this, well, people on the right are mad, so I guess the people on the left have to think this is a good idea. Okay, you get stupid statements like Sheila Jackson Lee. She's, of course, a Democrat out of Texas, a state I happen to love quite a bit. Uh, But Sheila Jackson Lee, okay, she is what? She's part of a party that wants to be able to sue gun manufacturers because they believe it's, you know, not the individual's responsibility. It's the gun, okay? It's a, you know, it's the NRA. It's Republicans that won't ban guns. That's the problem. And uh, here she is at least being consistent on the issue because she says this time around, or at least inconsistent, well, it's not the merchant of death that killed any Americans. It was the weapons he sold. This is bananas. But here it is, clip seven. But in actuality, um, his weapons might have been used to kill Americans. He has not killed Americans. I'm not saying he's not a nasty, bad guy. But I will tell you that I believe that Americans should know that the sovereignty of their nation will always be behind them. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Okay. This guy has gotten people killed. This guy for a living, do you understand? That's what he does. His job is to get people killed. This whole idea, well, you know, the Republicans are mad. So I'm going to go the other way on this. Just because he got a bunch of Americans killed, you know, doesn't mean he did the killing. It's just, you know. Shut up. Will you shut up? It's crazy. Okay. Because you understand they're justifying a world where Americans are in more danger today than they were yesterday. Okay, and understand they're doing so in an effort to shield their own party against criticism that we took the pot-smoking America hater over the U.S. Marine who served the country and was willing to die for it. You understand this was a strategic kidnapping. I'm bringing on Paul Morrow in the next block. He is a retired NYPD inspector, and he is going to explain to you that the Russian team that Brittany Griner was going over there to play may have very well set her up because they jailed her on a pot possession, okay? After jailing a, not even jailing, but stopping a previous American who had 25 times the amount of marijuana that Brittany Griner did, 25 times the amount of marijuana, that American was let go with a $230 fine. Brittany Griner comes in with 25 times less, okay, and is faced with 10 years in prison, okay. Why was the sentencing guideline different? Because now Joe Biden is in the White House. Oh, wow. Do you understand? Under previous presidents, you showed up to Russia with weed on you. They're like, you can't do that. 
You owe us a couple hundred bucks and we're taking away your stash, you stoner. But now Biden's in town and they're like, whoa, what if we uh, hold on to this one and extract a little leverage and get back one of the people, you know, that we want on our side? Okay, and that's exactly what they did. It was a celebrity kidnapping. And they also knew Biden would want the celebrity back because she checks boxes. This is a black lesbian celebrity. Okay, surely she's more valuable to our street cred within our party than a Marine. Just some guy who likes the country and is willing to die for it? What do you mean? That's nothing woke about it. Let's get the lesbian baller who hates America and smokes weed. And that's what they did. They went woke over warrior. Everything woke turns to Totally. It's bad. Okay. And I got to tell you, man, I played this clip on Friday. I want to play it for you one more time just so you understand what we did here. Victor Boot, this is a 10-year-old clip I'm playing you. Okay, 60 Minutes did a profile on Victor Boot at the time the feds arrested him. They arrested him specifically for the charge of conspiring to kill Americans. Okay, this is 60 Minutes. This is before Trump came along and they could just have honest conversations about peripheral threats to our country. Now the way news works, it's it's very simple. It's what's Trump for? I'm against it. What are the Republicans for? I'm against it. There's no logic. Okay, both political parties voted to build a wall under George W. Bush and under Barack Obama. That happened. Don't be thick, all right? But it happened. Okay, they did. And then Trump came down the escalator and was like, build a wall. And they were like, oh, hell no. That's racist. We can't be. We got to be building bridges. We build bridges. We don't build walls. Come on, who let this racist in? Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally, but it doesn't matter what the idea is. That's the point. Do you remember in the summer of 2020 when the American Academy of Pediatrics said children were far safer in the classroom than they were being forced to learn at home? So Trump was like, get him back in the classroom. And everybody on the left was like, oh, Trump wants him back in the classroom. Hell no! Come on, man. You can't have him in the class. Guy's going to get your kids killed. No. And that's what they do. It's basically find out what the Republicans are for will be against it. So in this instance, the Republicans are for keeping a man named the merchant of death off the battlefield. Ergo, the Democrats are against it. Okay, but back in 2012, before everybody was all up on their feelings. Okay, we could converse honestly about peripheral threats, meaning and shared threats to all of our well-being here in the country. Here is 60 Minutes talking about Victor Boot then at the time of his apprehension. Clip 13. Victor Boot, uh, in in my eyes, um, is one of the most dangerous men on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth. Without a doubt. Mike Braun, the former chief of operations for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, told us Boot first exploded on the scene in war-torn West Africa in the late 1980s. Elevating bloody conflicts from machetes and single-shot rifles to... AK-47s, not by the thousands, but by the tens of thousands. So he weaponizes civil war in Africa. He transformed these young adolescent warriors into uh, insidious, mindless, maniacally driven killing machines that operated with assembly line efficiencies. Now 43, Boot from the Soviet Republic of Tajikistan is a mystery man who reportedly served in the Soviet Air Force and Intelligence Service. The U.S. has indicted him on four terror-related charges, including conspiracy to kill Americans. Conspiracy to kill Americans. 
but he's out right now. He's free. He's teaming up with the Kremlin. He's ready to go back into battle and try to kill more Americans. Why? Because they were able to apprehend a celebrity that they knew the White House would definitely let go. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. And we've been talking about... This Brittany Griner, Victor Boot, Merchant of Death Swap, a terrible trade if ever you know well, there was one. I can't even get the words out. Joining us now to assess such things, not only a retired NYPD inspector, but an expert on bad trades because he lives in New York where the Knicks play. Uh, Paul Morrow, back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Good. So I, I was watching you. Uh, you were on America's Newsroom before me. You're my opening act today, by the way. Congratulations. I was. I was. It's, I'm always happy to open for you. Unfortunately, for you, I stole the show. But um... <laughs> Moro! That's funny. Uh, no, it was. It was a good one, as always. Uh, but a very sobering assessment of this trade in that, from what I deduced in watching you and reading your writings about this, do you almost feel like, you know, this Russian team she was going over there to play was, I don't know, maybe tied up with the Kremlin and might have even set this whole thing up? You know, it's it's there's no smoking gun in this thing, but when you take a step back and just look a at smoking this, bowl, at, but yes, yes, exactly. Um, there is a sort of you know that you see the contours of a possible intelligence operation emerge, and of course, a well-executed intelligence operation doesn't reveal itself, so that's you know mm-hmm. got to be part of the calculus. So, you know, look at some of the facts. She says that she's been taking this um, CBD oil for chronic and acute pain that she really needs it. Since 2020, during that time, she was playing for the team. So she's gone back and forth to Russia during that time. So if she needs it and she's going back and forth and she's been prescribed it, fairly logical that she very well may have been taking it back and forth during that time, aside from this one time. And they happened to stop her just this one time. So one of the things that I think lends that credence is when you look at a 2019 case Mm -hmm. of a woman from New York who had the same thing happen to her in Russia. The difference was she had 25 times the amount of CBD oil that Griner did. Mm-hmm. And this woman got a $230 fine and sent home and was charged with mere possession. Griner was charged with smuggling, given nine years in a labor camp. And in fact, the statute, I looked it up uh, together and confirmed it with a Russian speaker, an analyst I know, that um, the, the charge in their uh, penal law only carries seven years. Somehow or other, they bumped it to nine. So it really does look like she was targeted. And when you look at some of the atmospherics around the team she plays for over there, it's not surprising. Wow, that's crazy. Paul Morrow's on the line, retired NYPD inspector. I mean, at the very least, whether this was targeted, targeting or not, and it's worth noting, though, that the American that was, you know, Hit in 2019, uh, as you said, had 25 times the amount and got a much smaller fine. Uh, We had two different presidents, you know, maybe two different reputations on the world stage. But either way you slice it, I come back to the president because it seems we might have sent a message one way or the other, whether she was set up or not, that if you, you know, kidnap American celebrities, you can get something of value back. Because I I don't think for a second – 
Uh, we value Brittany Griner as much as they value a guy like the, the merchant of death at a time of war. Well, I think that's absolutely accurate, and I think that's one of the reasons why he knew this would work. He's been jonesing, that is, Putin has been jonesing to get a hold of Boot for a long time now. The original arrest happened in Thailand, mm-hmm. and uh, there was tug-of-war between us. Now, I know the guys who did the, uh, you know, supervised the arrest, I should say, is a friend of mine, mm-hmm. uh, DEA agent. DEA ran a great case on, on, on this, and uh, he was in Thailand. It was tug-of-war between us and the Russians, and... The Russians really did not want to lose him. Um, they were spread around a lot of money. Story goes, um, you know, uncorroborated, but I personally believe it that there a lot of money had been spent, uh, spread around by the Russians in the lower court, and that's how he got. Um, uh, he didn't get acquitted, but he was not going to be extradited to America. Mm-hmm. And what happened was we were able to put enough pressure. It went up the chain to the higher court in Thailand, and eventually it got to be uh, too noticeable. And, um, you know, it was that became a real cause celeb and uh, they extradited him here back back to America. So, you know, they really wanted him. We were able to get hold of him. And, um, you know, of course, then we put him on trial. But what's interesting is they're already using him back home for propaganda purposes. His feet barely hit the ground. He's in Russia today, which is uh, their uh, sort of propaganda criminal linked uh, newspaper saying how he was forced to take a bad 25 year plea deal that was forced on him by his American lawyer. He didn't get a plea deal. He got convicted in court and got sentenced to 25. So they're already lying to their folks about what went on here. And again, that's a tell that Putin really wanted him back. He wanted him, I think, for propaganda purposes. He wanted to show his intelligence services. Remember, this is a surveillance state. It's an espionage state. He wants to show them that uh, he has their backs. And uh, I think that uh, he wants Boot for maybe some of Boot's other skills. Sheesh. So this is the equivalent of the Yankees re-signing Aaron Judge. Is that what you're telling me? I'm hoping not, you know, but I have to say one of the things that you have to consider when you look at the way this happened is that when the original cholera occurred, the Obama administration, of which Joe Biden was vice president, crowed about this as the greatest thing ever. Yep, but that's the tell. That's the tell, exactly. And while while Greiner was in— I'm going to lose you in 10. I'm just jumping in on you, Paul, because I'm going to lose you in 10, and I don't want you to make another brilliant point and have them not hear it. We'll continue this discussion later in the week. You're the greatest. Best opening act in the history of cable news, Paul Morrow. We're back after this. Tell him— Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are back in action with a big hour of your favorite radio show in the world, Fox Across America, with Jimmy Fallon, a show that will not only feature Tommy Laren talking about the Twitter files. We got the fourth release over the weekend. Did the media say anything about them whatsoever? The answer would be no. But they've got plenty to say about Elon Musk, who has gone after Dr. Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. We'll get into that. And we will also discuss in this hour with South Carolina Representative Russell Fry the latest uh, media fixation uh, involving one Donald Trump. The media is a bunch of losers. A lot of people feel that way, not just my son Lincoln. Uh, How you feel is obviously the number one priority on the show because Fox Across America is a radio family meeting where I'm the deadbeat dad leading the conversation at the dinner table. Get out a fork, enjoy your frozen dinners that I have brought you on my cab driver's salary, and let's have a little chit-chat. If you want to weigh in, 888-788-9910. 
You know the rules. I say them every day. I say them just about every hour. You can be a Republican on the show. You can be a Democrat. We don't care. This is not activist radio. I am an old school talk show host. Activism takes energy. I got to go to rallies. I got to yell at you about who to vote. I'm not doing any of that, dude. I'm not over here trying to incite a civil war. You know, unless you make an app and I can, like, do it on my phone, then maybe. I don't know. I'm sick of half of this country. But uh, my goal is to remind everyone, even the folks I don't agree with, that we are, in fact, teammates. We've gotten to a place in this country where beating the other party has become more important than beating our common enemies. And for that reason, everything seems to be going to hell around us. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Uh, which brings me to this January 6th thing. Okay, it's, a, it's really dumb, but I wanted to del- delve into this. Because it isn't a story I've been covering a hell of a whole lot lately. And uh, we're back in New York against all odds because we had a rowdy weekend at the Bricktown Comedy Club down in Oklahoma City. But we are back and we got work to do. According to people familiar with the January 6th committee, we could be seeing charges at some point uh, against one Donald Trump. Okay, I don't know that we're there yet, but I do know the motivation for charging him is not because he's going to wind up behind bars. That's not going to happen. Would you stop it? Okay. The reason they want to charge him is purely political. Okay. And I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I just run an honest talk show. I'm not going to use my words to make this point for Democrats and their allies in the media. I am going to use their words because their words are significant. Now, when it comes to January 6th, I was telling you the second it happened. I was on the air when January 6th happened. Okay, of course I condemned it. It was horrific. Okay, if you're storming the Capitol, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. Okay, you are in fact a Okay, but the bottom line is the Democrats have always tried to take what we all agreed to be a bad situation and transform it into something worse, which is a, you know, deadly white supremacist insurgency, an attempt to overthrow the government. January 6th was a lot of things. It was not a coup attempt led by a guy in a Chewbacca bikini. Okay, yes, we all saw the images of the guy in the Chewbacca bikini and he got, you know, arrested. We all saw the maniacs breaking stuff. You know what else we probably saw, according to FBI testimony? We probably saw at least two dozen feds involved in what was going on. Okay, and I'm not sure I'm supposed to be saying that, but I'm going to keep saying it. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. But stick with me, okay? I told you at the time, yes, this is bad, and I told you every day since. They're going to try and take the actions of the few on January 6th and use it to tarnish every single person who votes Republican in the country. And that's what they've done. Last week, I played you a clip of Chuck Schumer flat out admitting it, saying January 6th played a big part in the midterm elections. He said the quiet part out loud. Of course it's political. Of course we were trying to hammer this home and get people to vote Democrat for no other reason than because they didn't like what happened on January 6th. Here it is. This is him admitting it. This is not me. This is him. This is clip 21. There were the January 6th hearings. I think they had an important effect because people didn't just read about something that happened once, but every night they saw on TV these hooligans these insurrectionists being violent, beating up police officers. Chuck Schumer is a clown. It really is. I think they played a big part of the midterms. They saw these images every night on TV. And that's why they saw these images. 
every night on TV. That's exactly why they saw them, is because they were trying to make the election a referendum on Trump and January 6th, because they themselves don't have a record they can run on. Folks, when you're the party in power and inflation's at a 40-year high, the border's overrun and people can't afford gas, you don't really go to the polls with, vote for me and we'll do it again. No, you go to the polls in hopes you can keep them mad enough at Donald Trump coming back that you might continue to vote for them. And sadly, some people did. Okay, and again, this is not me speaking for their strategy. Here is Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, the most liberal show on the planet, Flat out worrying out loud, can the Democrats win by not using Donald Trump? Here it is, clip 22. The victorious Democratic coalition of the last, I'd say, 18, 20, 22, so three cycles in a row, Donald Trump's played a huge part in it. If, <laughs> right, I would, if Donald Trump is not, is not there, how concerned are you about carrying places like an Arizona and a Georgia? See what I'm saying there? If Donald Trump isn't there, what are we going to do? Okay, you want to know what the answer is? The answer is lose. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. They have to run on Trump. You know, charging Trump, which according to Adam Schiff, we're going to charge Trump. Adam Schiff has definitive proof that Trump incited a riot. This is the same Adam Schiff who claimed he had definitive proof of Russian collusion. Remember this? All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and, uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. You think about that. When Adam Schiff was speaking, no differently when John Brennan was speaking, James Clapper was speaking, okay, when they were saying to the press every day, oh, oh, it's more than circumstantial. No, you don't understand. We've seen some really serious. (laughs) They hadn't. And understand, not only did they not have this evidence, but they knew that the entire Russia probe was based on nothing more than a steel dossier. You've heard that term in, in press and in talk radio a million times. The steel dossier it was opposition research. It was bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign. OK, we now know that to be true because it came out in a court of law that Hillary wanted a narrative to divert media attention away from her private email server. It's amazing to think we're still talking about this crap all these years later. But the reason we're still talking about all of this crap is because you just heard Chuck Todd flat out admit we got to keep talking about this crap or there's nothing for us to run on. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Okay, none more so than Adam Schiff, the guy who was knowingly lying to the country about there being definitive proof of Russian collusion. Now out here saying, oh, no, this January 6th committee, it's making an important political statement. And those are the words you need to focus on. Political statement. It's not about protecting Americans. It's about protecting Democrat interests at the ballot box. Here it is, clip 20. I think we're all certainly in agreement that there is evidence of criminality uh, here. Uh, and we want to make sure that the Justice Department is aware of that. But don't we already know that? I mean, there is a Justice Department investigation. There's a special counsel looking into the former president. We know the DOJ has been looking into uh, Mark Meadows and Rudy Giuliani. So what does the committee sending a referral do other than look political? 
Well, uh, look, uh, we have been far out ahead in most respects of the Justice Department in conducting our investigation. I think uh, they have made use of the evidence that we have presented in open hearings. I think they'll make use of the evidence that we pre present in our report to further their investigations. Uh, and I think it makes an important statement, uh, not a political one, but a, a mm -hmm. statement about the evidence of an attack on the institutions of our democracy and the peaceful transfer of power. This guy's a serious ass. Totally. Okay, listen to what he's saying there. Uh, we've been out ahead of the Justice Department. Here's the thing about it. Okay, Donald Trump's not going to jail. Okay, there's no world where Donald Trump is going to jail. If Donald Trump had incited a riot... The Justice Department doesn't need Congress to recommend charges, okay? The local law enforcement in D.C. does not need Congress to tell them to go ahead and charge Donald Trump. What Adam Schiff is basically and brazenly admitting to, I might add, is we're ahead of the Justice Department. They're kind of following our lead, which leads one to believe we have a Justice Department that's going to do whatever the Democrats tell them to. Yo, here's a newsflash, man. You be a Democrat right now. You're not my enemy. I don't agree with a lot of your positions. You probably hate mine. But we got to get away from this mindset that that makes you my enemy. If the Justice Department is corrupt, as Adam Schiff seems to be suggesting, well, we're way out ahead of them. I mean, our referral, clearly it's not a non-binding. It's a non-binding referral. We're not a legal court of law. But uh, them getting our referral will greatly impact their actions. He's basically saying. It's a politicized Department of Justice. And I want you to understand, if you're on the left and you think I'm your enemy, that's not the issue here. What you need to fathom is there is a world where if we're going to allow our Justice Department to not be blind, but to follow political allegiances, then there is the potential for you to wake up in a world where the Justice Department is now doing the bidding of the political party you hate. Okay, you don't think it's a threat to you now because, well, I'm a Democrat and they're just looking out for Democrats. What do I care if they're politicized? You know, you used to say that about Twitter. Well, I'm a Democrat. They're censoring Republican speech. What do I care if they're censoring Republican speech? Oh, I don't know, because maybe one day they might change owners and start censoring your speech. Okay, that's what you should be concerned about here. Okay, the whole point of the country is not... Well, one political party can't run unless everybody's mad at the other guy. So we need to charge this guy. Because, yes, if they can go after a Donald Trump, whose actions were terrible on January 6th, terrible. Okay, I'm not defending his actions. Okay, but I am defending your freedoms. I am defending the integrity of our institutions. You know, because the one thing we were always warned about was, oh, Donald Trump is going to damage faith in our institutions. Donald Trump could never damage faith in our institutions as much as they damage the faith themselves. OK, for whatever name Donald Trump called the media, that wasn't nearly as damaging as the fact that there were over 225 retracted Donald Trump stories during his presidency. Basically, every other day, you got a bombshell that was going to lead to him leaving the White House in handcuffs. And then 48 hours later, they were like, uh, there was an error or due to some sourcing or we apologize. A lot of times they didn't even apologize. They just kept on going as if it didn't even happen. OK, because they weren't getting this stuff wrong. Getting it wrong implies they chased down the truth to the ends of the earth and then reported it based on, you know, there still being some questions about their reporting. No, no, no. If it was bad for Trump, they ran it immediately 
because they just wanted whatever short-term damage could be done to him in the news cycle. When it came to Trump, when it came to Russian collusion, the process was the punishment. They couldn't find collusion because they knew at the outset it was based on a phony Hillary document. But what they hope to do is leak a death by a thousand cuts scenario onto the guy that would ultimately get him to self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception that there was a there there. You understand? They were willing to get Trump and railroad him out of a presidency even if he didn't do the thing they were accusing him of, which is where we find ourselves on January 6th. He knows they don't have anything to charge him or the Justice Department could have charged him. Local law enforcement could have charged him. But they didn't charge him. Why? Because the goods weren't there. But you understand, just like Russian collusion, the point of Adam Schiff introducing charges or a recommendation for charges from the January 6th committee is not because he thinks Trump did it or because Trump is going to go to jail. It's because he wants this hanging over Trump's head because you just heard Chuck Todd flat out admit they can't run unless they have Trump to run against. That's the issue we're dealing with. And a lot of people on the left don't care. It's like, ah, screw Trump. I don't like him. Let him go to jail. January 6th, bad. Okay, listen, January 6th, terrible. Was it what the Democrats told us it was? Absolutely not. But when you hear Adam Schiff brazenly saying, well, we've been ahead of the Justice Department, but now that they see which way the wind blows, they'll get in line. Okay, that's him flat out telling you justice is no longer blind in this country. And you might not think it's a problem because, again, justice is no, no longer blind, but it seems to be on your side. But justice, oh, I don't know, this could be a passing fancy and could start looking the other way. And if you don't believe me, look at all the folks that are losing their minds now that Twitter's changed hands. Okay, this could end really bad for all of us. Okay, because your side eventually will run out of quarters. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910. We're going to be rapping with Russell Fry, congressman-elect from the great state of South Carolina. He's going to weigh in on a lot of the political goings-on in Washington today. Uh, we've got, man, oh boy, oh man, we've got Tommy Laren coming up to talk Twitter and Fauci and Elon Musk and everything in between. Uh, but right now I was just getting everybody up to speed. We were revisiting this whole January 6th fiasco because they're getting ready to wrap it up once and for all. Uh, and... According to Adam Schiff, there is going to be a criminal referral for one Donald Trump. Now, Adam Schiff, if you followed him through the years, you know, he's a guy that's known for being full of Okay, but I do take him at his word when he says they're going to recommend charges. Okay, and this is all part and parcel of the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Here is Preet Bahara. I played him earlier taking issue with Biden's trade of Victor Boot for Victor, for Brittany Griner. Uh, so here he is, you know, calling balls and strikes. He said Biden was bad for that. But he says they are coming at Trump for this. This is clip 18. I guess the question is, he's, he's already admitted he took it. What, what do you think justice is waiting for? Oh, the Justice Department? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> look, I think they're, um, to coin a phrase, loaded for bear. Yeah. They've appointed a special counsel, Jack Smith. There are a number of very seasoned prosecutors, uh, two of whom I worked with very closely 
at the Southern District of New York when I was U.S. attorney and before that, who I think are brought on for purposes of figuring out if there's a triable case, a chargeable and triable case. And I don't think they would have left their former positions, Mm -hmm. both in government and private practice, unless there was a serious possibility that the Justice Department was on a path to charge. And your definition of trial. Now, understand this. He doesn't think they would have left their private jobs unless he thought the Justice Department was en route to a charge. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would they know the Justice Department was en route to a charge if they weren't a part of it? Unless, oh, I don't know, the Justice Department was leaking this information. I think he's got a point. Yeah, and you want to know what the point is, folks? This is politics as usual. It's just politics. And again, I don't run the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund, but I want you to understand that it really is all political. I mean, they've investigated this guy for the better part now of about six years and don't have anything. I don't doubt that they'll cook something up. But the point is that says a lot more about them than it does about him. We'll get into it with Russell Fry. Uh, We're going to come back here in a minute and have a grown-up talk on the big, bad one and only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. We've already told you in the past he has an impressive resume as an eighth-grade ping-pong champion. He has now added to that resume. He is the congressman-elect from the 7th Congressional District of South Carolina. Uh, Representative Russell Fry is back on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, it's good to be here. And, you know, I think I think Ping Pong Champ still goes at the top of the list, probably. Yeah. I think that's probably where it needs to go, right? <laughs> Yo, I was going to say, you know what? You're right, because Ping Pong definitely has a higher approval rating than the Congress you're inheriting right now. I think so. I think I mean, I think the world can get behind Ping Pong. I think the United States can get behind Ping Pong champions. So I'm, <laughs> I'm with you there. I actually think, you know, and, and you weren't a part of any of this previous legislation, so I'm not pinning this on you. But I actually think most Americans, if you pulled them, would be on board with Congress, you know, basically solving issues, settling issues over beer pong, not even ping pong. I dare I say beer pong would be more popular. Do you care to offer yeah. a comment, sir? That, well, I'll, the only thing I'll say to that uh, is that the Republicans would still win that one because I think we'll probably be better at that, you know? <laughs> well, you want to know why? <laughs> you guys would be drinking like regular beer. The Democrat beer is artisanal, you know, locally sourced, something or other. You know, yeah, you're right. No, I'm with you. All yeah, right, organic, so you... all, the, all the fun stuff. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm laughing, okay? We're talking about fun. Something that uh, the president seems to find fun is going to Delaware. He's been there 59 times uh, since he was sworn into the presidency. He is still yet to go down to the southern border. Do you feel like Republicans taking back control of the House is going to put a little more pressure on him to do so because there's talk of impeaching guys like Mayorkas? Well, it should. I mean, and I hate that it has taken this long. I mean, we've had record amounts of people that have poured across the southern border. you got Title 42, which is set to expire soon. I mean, you have fentanyl coming across the southern border. I mean, everyone is looking at this and going, this is a disaster. And you know what I hear from – and you hear this too from Republicans certainly, but Democrats and independents. I mean people want a secure border. They want a nation of laws to remain a nation of laws and to have a president who you know, vacations pretty frequently um, but never make a trip to the southern border. I mean heck, Jimmy, he was just in Arizona – what, last week? And they said, How, are you going to visit the southern border? He said he had more important things to do. I mean, this is a this is an issue of national security. I mean, it touches every facet of who we are as a people. Uh, and so I hope that he'll wake up. Um, I, I don't 
you know, have a lot of optimism on that. But that's where a Republican majority in the House can can really drive some discussion because we got to fix we have to fix the border. Yeah, it's it's crazy that you're here having to make this case. I mean, you know, I say this on the show a lot. It's like you could oversimplify this and just understand that the border is the front door of our house. And right now it's wide open. No one listening to the show sleeps with the front door of their house wide open. There was an era where maybe you could, uh, depending on where you grew up. But I don't know that we're living in that era anymore. So I do. And and given the opportunity, Jimmy, I mean, you know, they want to adopt a a migrant or an illegal immigrant, then be my guest. But no one's doing that. And when you ship uh, illegal immigrants to these sanctuary cities, they jump up and down like it's a huge crisis. Well, they invited this. I mean, it's, it's. it's sad that we actually have to do these types of things, but you're, you're exactly right. We don't leave the front door of our house wide open. No, it's nuts. We're talking to Russell Fry. He's a congressman-elect from the great state of South Carolina. Uh, did you guys deep fry your turkey, by the way, on Thanksgiving? Isn't it illegal not to in South Carolina? Yeah, it's, it's a prerequisite. We deep fry everything, you know, so <laughs> spinach, Twinkies. Snicker bars. If you go to a fair, you know Turkey is no stranger to that either. No, I know. Every time I've every time I've been in your state, it is. It's like it's circus eating. It's my favorite thing in the world. It goes beyond the actual food. It's like what can we do with it? Like when YouTube first started, guys used to like backyard wrestle, and they'd be like, "I'm going to jump off the house and try to land a clothesline." That is what eating to me is in South Carolina. It's it's the backyard wrestling of food. Listen, Thanksgiving, uh, any any meal, any big holiday, and SEC football, those are all holidays in South Carolina. Oh, yeah, you're riding high. Your Gamecocks won, too. Well, let's talk about this I don't because I'll, I'll get distracted here. Um, in terms of spending, because that's another big concern, okay, you guys getting back the power of the purse is a big deal because they have, you know, spent us off that fiscal cliff time and time again. But what I wanted to ask you is, you know, you're not yet in Congress. You're a congressman-elect. But do you sense, like, a legitimate appetite amongst the people you've talked to in Washington to get that issue under control? Or does it sound like political posturing? I, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist at heart, so I'm, I'm hopeful that we get it done. I mean, look, the commitment to America touches on a, a whole range of things. A lot of us campaigned on it. And it's good things that unite the country. Uh, one of those points is fiscal discipline. We have to get a return to that. I mean, we are seeing and we are living, and the American people are living the results of that now with the increased cost of living, the increased cost of energy, food prices uh, you know, escalating dramatically. I mean, people aren't buying Christmas trees this year. I mean, there's just, there's just so many things that are in play. But this is a, this is a direct result of a lack of discipline when it comes to our finances. And, and it's a wake-up call. I mean, and it, heck, Jimmy, Democrats even said this, you know, that they knew that the Inflation Reduction Act wasn't going to actually reduce inflation, that it was going to contribute to it, but they voted for it anyway. Um, these are the type of leaders that we have in Washington. And so I think uh, a, a different House of Representatives um, can, can push back on a lot of that stuff, and we have to. Yeah, it would be helpful because you know what I feel with the climate stuff? I feel like they don't understand energy. You know, they might care. Maybe their heart's in the right place. Maybe they really do think they're saving the world. Okay, but the fact remains they're causing more pollution by outsourcing production to places like Venezuela because, number one, we produce it cleaner. But number two, it cost us more fuel to get it back into our country. So just a basic understanding of the issue isn't really there. And that's where I feel for you, man, because you're you know, you're being forced to go to Washington and reason with people who don't necessarily know what they're talking about, you know. 
So you better get your game face on, Russell Fry. Whatever it was that made you a ping pong champion is going to be called upon in Washington. Are you prepared? Are you ready to take your title and put it on the line? I think I am, and I think a lot of us are. We, you know, we've got to get this under control because, at the end of the day, who does it hurt the most? What well, hurts the the person on a fixed income? It hurts retirees. It hurts the working families all across this country. This is not unique to just this state. It really is everywhere. Uh, people are struggling right now, and you know they look at kind of what's going on in Washington as a problem. And so, you know, be be more like states in South Carolina where we balance our budget. Be more like states that have those that that type of fiscal discipline. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do it. And at the end of the day, you know, like you said on energy, you know, chasing this fantasy land of a green new deal. Well, let's turn that green new deal brown, like the turd that it is, and <laughs> return energy back to the states where it belongs. <laughs> So very eloquently stated, and we agree. Uh, you got a, a applause break from the studio audience. Um, listen, man, we're, we're pumped up. Congrats on the win. We're going to stay in touch once you get into Washington. Uh, but you know, rest up. You got work to do. So don't don't do what my team is going to do over the holiday break and drink till your iPhone doesn't recognize your face. Okay. <laughs> no, sir. We'll be ready to go on January third. All right, we're counting on you. Good stuff, man. I'll talk to you uh, soon. Happy holidays to your family. Yes, there he you goes, too. Russell Fry from the great state of South Carolina. He's got work to do, man. You're going into Congress right now. Congress has an approval rating. It's usually single digits. It's not because of guys like Russell Fry that are new that are breathing life into this situation. It's because there's a lot of go-along to get-along people who've been in Washington for the last 40 years, 30 years, 20 years, making all kinds of lobbyist money, getting all kinds of hot insider stock tips, but not necessarily putting the interest of the American people first. And now here's the thing about politics, okay? We've always, 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 for as long as we've discussed politics as a people, we have always said, hey, I'm a Republican, my buddy's a Democrat, but deep down, we think these people are all in it for themselves. Okay, we've always felt that way. But up until this era, okay, politicians have at least given us the respect of pretending we come first. Okay, the people who are in Washington now have gotten so brazen in the era of social media. Why? Because we got to this hyper partisan place under Trump where hating the other guy and demonstrating your repeated hatred for the other guy became more important to your constituents than actually delivering anything of substance to show for their vote. That's how we got to where we were in the midterms. I mean, you think about the Democrats internally thought they were going to lose everything. They thought they were going to lose the House, which they did, but by a much smaller margin than they expected. They also thought they were going to lose four seats in the Senate. Okay, that didn't happen because thankfully for them, people voted their party over their country. There was no case to vote Democrat because think of what they had done to the country, ruined the economy. I mean, again, inflation's really bad. If you're living on a fixed income, you're living on a single source income as a single parent, you're getting annihilated right now. And I really, truly feel for you. Okay, they don't. You know, when you talk about the fuel prices, they're bragging, oh, gas is cheaper now than it was this time last year. That's great. But this time last year, it was still a dollar more than when Biden took office. Biden sucks. Think about that. But that's not caring about you. That's caring about them. You're trying to tell people who are suffering it's not as bad as you think it is. Dude, you don't define my suffering. If I'm broke, you telling me I'm not doesn't change the fact that I'm broke. But that's what they've become. Go along to get along. Politicians don't care about you. They never have. 
But in the past, they've pretended, hey, we'll do better. Hey, we're on the case. Hey, hang in there. Now they're flat out telling you, no, shut up. You keep saying it's bad. It's not that bad. And that's, again, that's not even giving you the dignity, the consideration of pretending you're as important as they are. That's why we really do need term limits. That's why we really do have to hope there are more people out there in Congress like Byron Donalds from Florida. You hear him on the show a lot. You hear Kat Kamek on the show. A guy like Russell Fry will hopefully march to that drum as well. They get into Congress and they, and they prioritize deliverables. Deliverables don't mean Instagram videos, okay? If that were the case, AOC would be the greatest congressperson in the history of the country. AOC is a dope. Of course she is. She's AO me. Okay, the only thing she's focused on since getting into Congress is me, 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 me. How can I get more clicks on Instagram? Oh, I'll cook macaroni and cheese on Insta. Here we go. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll dance. Here we go. You know, all stupid stuff, but none of it delivers anything for her constituents. We've let them get accustomed to this business model. It's the biggest challenge facing us as Americans is we used to force politicians on the smallest scale to deliver. They'd never come through on what they promised, but they'd come through on a third of what they promised because they wanted to get reelected. But now we've sent the message they don't have to come through on anything to get reelected. Just keep on fighting with the other side because our politics are a team sport now where the party's more important than the country. I'm telling you, we're doing it wrong. That shouldn't be the approach of anybody. You know, things you heard Russell talking about, which is not, oh, we're just going to throw the Democrats in jail. You don't need that going to Washington because that doesn't get anything done to fix inflation. That doesn't get anything done to close the border. It doesn't get anything done to bring back domestic energy production. Okay? You need people who are focused on deliverables. And I don't mean Twitter likes or Facebook likes. I mean improvements to your lifestyle that you yourself can like in a real way. We're not there right now. The optimism for me is that we're electing people in Washington that will get us there. But that's incumbent upon everybody listening to realize beating the other political party should never be the goal. Okay, the goal should be the rising tide that lifts all boats. We don't have that right now. Okay, we have some type of, you know, if the tide is, is rising, it's, it's all kinds of polluted and it's, it's bad. Uh, and it's not helping any of the boats, to be honest with you. I mean, to circle back to what Russell said, it's a tide, but uh, the tide is a type of water that you'd normally flush down a toilet. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Tommy Laren. In the next hour, about the latest installment of the Twitter files, basically what we have found overwhelmingly so is that Twitter was conspiring to limit conservative speech in the run-up to the 2020 election. That's not right. Well, the bigger issue is even after the 2020 election, uh, they censored medical, medical discussion that made it impossible to have an honest conversation about our response to COVID. That's not right. No, it's not. Okay. And... Listen, I don't need you when I get on here to be like, well, yeah, Twitter's biased. You should be mad at Twitter. Okay, because the truth is, it is bad. 
but we lose the forest through the trees and that Twitter has changed hands. Twitter is not going to be doing that. Elon Musk has gone into full carnival barker mode where he's attacking Fauci and he's trying to drive traffic to the app. And that's fine, like one way or the other. But the point I'm trying to make is while Twitter is a little bit more of the wild, wild west again, which is what free speech is supposed to be. No one's discussing the fact that Facebook and Google are doing every damn thing that Twitter has been doing the whole time. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So you understand Twitter now in releasing these files, in, you know, taking another look at 2020. They're not actually going to change the outcome of the election. But the media is not even covering anything they happen to be doing because the media is in the same mode they've always been in, which is protect Democrats at all costs, even if that cost happens to be the truth. They made this huge Twitter dump over the weekend and it got, are you ready for it? Zero seconds, zero seconds of coverage from the mainstream media in this country. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. Think about that. Zero seconds of coverage. I promise you, if somebody was releasing a few thousand emails that showed the Republican Party had conspired with a big tech app to ban Democrats and censor them, they'd be marching in the street. And I'd probably join them to get some easy Christmas shopping done, because when the Democrats march, they riot. I could use a free pair of Nikes as much as the next guy. Who am I kidding? He knows what he's talking about. You know, but here's the thing. Okay, there's not a lot of collective interest in what went on because it affects one party and not the other. And it's back to the conversation I was having with you earlier about everything going on in this country, party over country. It's a bad way to live. It's the reason we're in the mess that we happen to be in. There should be some understandings when it comes to certain developments in this country that they're bad for all of us. But nobody wants independence anymore, okay? Nobody wants that type of free thought. They want, well, my party wants this. Well, fine, I'm okay with it. Okay, that's why there's such a bloodlust for Kristen Cinema right now. If you remember last Kirsten Cinema, she announced on Friday she was switching parties. Said the entire government has failed us on the border. I can't in good conscience continue to be a Democrat. And everybody was like, oh, hell no! She's the worst white supremacist scum! Get her out of here! How dare she! Okay, why? Because she dared challenge the narrative. She dared challenge the will of the party. But what Kirsten Cinema, to her credit, is understanding is what we were always supposed to know. These parties are not supposed to be serving themselves. They're supposed to be serving us. And I'm telling you because I care. They're not serving you. They're not serving me. Okay, I'll give Ro Khanna credit for this. He said that Biden should go to the border. Here it is, clip 25. I think he should go, and I expect he will go. But the more important thing is how do we solve this issue? We can start with some basic principles. A nation needs borders. Those borders should be secure. At the same time, we need some orderly process uh, for immigration. We need to be able to uh, recognize asylum claims. That's based on our fundamental values as a country. But we also need to have a process where people can come here without having to uh, cross the border if they want to work here in an orderly process. And there are bills that do all of these things. The question is, can we actually come together to pass those bipartisan bills? Listen to me. That's a Democrat saying we got to do something about the border. It only took them two years. But the point is, the guy in office doesn't care. (laughs) 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. That is us, we're still number one. We're not playing championship ball right now, we'd probably benefit from a coaching change. I agree with that. But the point is, we're still on top in the standings, we're still on top on this show. Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon and audio safe space for cool people like yourself who can share political viewpoints without turning into fat screaming children at their birthday party. Mom, that guy votes the other way. I want him out of here. We're not going to do that on this show, but we are going to have an adult conversation in this hour with Tommy Laren, multimedia sensation. She, of course, hosts her own show on OutKick, and uh, she will be by to discuss the latest round of the Twitter files. Elon Musk dumping more information about the actions of Twitter's employees in not only the run-up to the 2020 election, but in the aftermath of the 2020 election when they took Donald Trump off of Twitter. It was a food fight, and we will try to uh, sort it out. We will try to restore order in this hour at 888-788-9910. If you're calling in or you're listening along, we don't care. All we ask is that you be a Republican, you be a Democrat, you don't be a... Really quick, before the show gets off the ground in this hour, uh, I have to quick shout out. And this is important. Okay, one of our regular guests on the show, maybe my favorite guest. I'm not, you know, even be half joking when I say that Uh, my man, Brian Brenberg, you hear him on the show all the time. Fox News, Fox Business has just announced that Brenberg, along with Jackie DeAngelis, and a third contributor who's coming over from Bloomberg TV, Taylor Briggs, uh, are now going to host a brand new TV show. My man, Brian Brenberg, now a TV host on the Fox Business Network full time. Oh, girl, it is a big night in the Brenberg house. It is a big win for my radio buddy, for my good buddy, a guy who is... As good of a pal as I have in this business. I've known Brenberg since I was a writer for Kennedy. This goes all the way back to, you know, I started on her show in 2017 and uh, hung out with him uh, an awful lot But since then. Like, our families are great friends. Uh, you know, him and Krista, you know, often bring the kids out to Strong Island so Lincoln can teach the Brenberg kids how to drink and smoke <laughs> in the suburbs. I'm kidding. Uh, but we're great friends, and nothing makes me happier than seeing the good guys win. This is a home run hiring uh, for the Fox Business Network. Brenberg is a a fine human being. He's an outrageously good broadcaster, and he's someone that's always putting facts first. He is not a shock jock. He is not a culture warrior. He is an econ professor at the King's College that's always concerned about our bottom line. You know, you can have your political allegiances one way or the other, but somebody's got to pay the bills at the end of the month, and his forte has always been figuring out how Americans can do that. And at a time when inflation's at a 40-year high, fuel prices are through the roof, it really, you know, I do. I take heart not only on a personal level because this is one of my absolute best friends, uh, but on behalf of the country as a whole, this is a win for the American people who will go out and watch that show. It's called The Big Money Show. And it's going to air Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. I don't doubt you'll see me on it during commercial breaks from time to time. But either way you slice it, a huge win, a gigantic win, the level of win you'd have to get a membership. You'd have to go to like Sam's Club or Costco to purchase a win this big. Uh, We have just brought one home on the Fox Business Network. So to that, I say bravo. 
Of course, Fox Business, uh, not the only place making news for their employees, uh, (laughs) for the whims of their employees. The Twitter files coming out, part four over the weekend. Uh, This was Friday night. Matt Taibbi put out, excuse me, this was a third installment, but we have another installment making the rounds as we get onto the air. And what part three focused on was the decision to ban Donald Trump's Twitter account in the days following the 2021 uh, Capitol riots, January 6th riots, if you will. Uh, And what Taibbi posted was, whatever your opinion on the decision to remove Trump that day, the internal communications at Twitter between January 6th and January 8th have clear historical import. Even Twitter's employees understood in the moment it was a landmark moment in the annals of free speech. According to the Twitter files, executives at Twitter started processing new power following their decision to ban Trump indicating they were prepared to ban future presidents in White Houses, perhaps even Joe Biden, if he didn't do what they want. So these were not people who were drunk on power. These were people who were plastered on power. Okay, drunk on power as you start singing karaoke poorly. Okay, plastered on power as you start drinking karaoke poorly with no pants on. What the hell did you just say? (laughs) I mean, they got to a place where they started banning medical discussions. They started shadow banning doctors whose viewpoints ran afoul of whatever their personal beliefs happen to be. And the reason this is significant is you understand in the years leading up to the banning of Donald Trump, Twitter's political donations as it pertains to their employees, 98 percent of their political donations went to Democratic causes. Okay, in 2018. 99.1% of their political donations went to Democratic causes in 2019. And again, 98.7% of their donations went to Democratic causes in 2020. Are you beginning to notice a trend here? Every single president, excuse me, every single employee at Twitter was a liberal. Correct the mundo. Every single one. Now, my issue in this moment, because this is a food fight, okay, and I'm all over the map on it, so you're going to have to bear with me. But my issue in this moment is Elon Musk, of course, tweeted over the weekends that his pronouns are prosecute Fauci. And let me be very clear. When it comes to Fauci and the actions and the way he's misled us, the way he's lied to Congress. He should be behind bars. A lot of people feel that way. But when Elon Musk takes a political position like prosecute Fauci. He is now aligning with a political sensibility. The whole point of him buying Twitter was to expose that it was overwhelmingly liberal and that we shouldn't have political ideology putting its thumb on the scale of discourse. Well, every Democrat trying to discredit Elon Musk right now will have a much easier time doing it, given that he's inserted himself into such a contentious topic. So Elon Musk by no means is helping the situation But what he is helping is Elon Musk and the traffic that he's trying to generate over at Twitter. You're absolutely right. So a quick word of caution there. People on the right love Elon Musk right now. They're thrilled. Okay. Oh, Elon Musk taking Republican positions. Hey, it's free speech, First Amendment, taking the fight to Fauci. These are all good things. But you do need to understand, you do need to be mindful that when it comes to embracing celebrities, who momentarily align with your politics, they can eventually, in a transactional nature, abandon you. Or, oh, I don't know, maybe just go crazy. And if you don't believe me, ask everybody who momentarily embraced Kanye West. So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) 
You know, a lot of people who are like, Kanye, yeah, woo, speaking out, pushing back against Black Lives Matter. We're with Kanye. And then a few weeks later, Kanye was like, I'm with the Nazis. <laughs> Everybody listening at home was like, what the hell did you just say? And now nobody wants to embrace Kanye. And for good reason. He's a lunatic. Belongs in a mental institution. But when it comes to Elon Musk, yes, he's saying a lot of the right things in this moment that conservatives agree with. You might like the idea of, hey, prosecute Fauci. But if the big charge against Twitter is that they were inserting themselves into politics, then Elon Musk in this moment is maybe just as guilty as they were. Certainly not. He's not banning speech the way they were. He's not kicking presidents off of the platform. But this is the equivalent of saying, uh, hey, I'm the new sheriff in town and, you know, the old sheriff was corrupt. So what I want you to do is give me $500 a week and I'll make sure that no corrupt cops ever go after you again. It's a very little, uh, very, you know, resemblant of what they were just mad at the other side for. But the fact remains, the outgoing regime at Twitter was corrupt. They did overwhelmingly censor conservatives. They did throw their weight behind Biden in a way that very well may have determined the outcome of the 2020 election. But it doesn't change the fact that even with them out of the way and Elon Musk in there ensuring and protecting your free speech rights, there's still this reality that there's a Google out there. There is a Facebook out there. There is the rest of big tech out there that is continuing to lean Democrat and stifle our free speech rights. And they're so happy doing so. They're so confident in their ability to do so without fear of retribution that they're willing to go and lie to Congress under oath, if that's what it takes, as the former CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, was. Here is Jack Dorsey, okay? And I play you these clips. They're from 2018. Because I want us to have an informed conversation. We read documents over the weekend again and again and again that showed Twitter discussing internally how they shadow banned stuff, how they restricted access to certain tweets, how they made it so certain Republicans couldn't trend on Twitter, how without informing anybody, the reach of their accounts had been restricted. Okay, they were doing this. Jack Dorsey knew they were doing this and still felt comfortable testifying in front of Congress that Twitter's not censoring. Here is clip and it's clip 30. Are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans. It's bad. Is that true? No. I mean. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. And why was he willing to lie to Congress under oath? Because it's all a dog and pony show. You've heard this on our show in the past. Old Matt Gates. Remember when Matt Gates was making the media rounds back in the day? He's been keeping a low profile lately. You know, people say all the time, oh, no, what do you mean? He goes on Newsmax every week. Yeah, like I said, he's been keeping a low profile. The point is, to his credit, Gates had once said on this show, these congressional hearings, it's all a dog and pony show in that they haul in the big tech executives. They yell and scream at them about censorship. But then when the testimony's over and everybody gets their cute soundbite for the 8 o'clock news, they all go out and have a fabulous lobbyist lunch on K Street. And that's what happens. Okay, there's no accountability coming for Twitter. And to be clear, you're hearing a lot of tough talk out of the Republican Party about we got to bring them in, they got to testify, they got to be behind bars. This is a very nuanced case and that they are a private company that can do whatever the hell they want. So I don't know that they violated your First Amendment rights. The First Amendment means you don't go to jail for saying something the government doesn't like. In this instance, no one is going to jail for saying something the government is, doesn't like. But what they are doing is conspiring to limit your free speech in their private space. 
Okay, again, there is a difference between a social media company limiting your right to circulate certain thoughts. It's nefarious. It's bad. It's horrible. But it's a rabbit hole to go down if you think we're going to prosecute these people and we're going to solve our problems. The real fight should be, no, not with the old people at Twitter, but the people who are currently in power at these other big tech monopolies. But you're not going to hear a lot about them because they still have the government in their pocket as it pertains to lobbyist money and peddling influence on the Hill. But what I want everybody to understand is the damage this poses potentially to the rest of us is that we were denied in what we consider to be the public square the ability to converse honestly about things like public health initiatives. Okay, if you said COVID originated in a Wuhan lab, you were banned from Twitter for about six months. And then ultimately the facts became so irrefutable that they let you back in. If you said vaccinated people could get COVID, you were banned from Twitter for about six months until we got to a place where vaccinated people made up more COVID cases, even more COVID deaths in the most recent month available to us than the unvaccinated, at which point they gave it back the right to converse honestly about it. But that's the bigger threat being posed here is I don't know that they're going to jail, but I do know that we're going to hell if this continues to be the status quo in this country where the political leanings of big tech companies define what we can and can't say. That's the issue we have. And in all honesty, Elon Musk is not as concerned with that as he is with driving traffic to this app. When he gets out there and says, prosecute Fauci, yeah, everybody on the right is like, woo! But that is the owner of Twitter exhibiting the same political bias we were supposed to be mad at old Twitter for. So the answer to whether or not we're doing it right or wrong happens to be, no, we're doing it wrong, even with Elon Musk in charge. He needs to learn how to shut up. But what everybody on the right needs to learn is he's not the champion of conservative values that people are embracing him to be. His values are the bottom line. The guy just invested $44 billion in Twitter. And yes, he's done a good job of running Tesla. And yes, he's done a good job of running SpaceX. And yes, I'm impressed with all of that technology. But when it comes to his ability to turn Twitter profitable, it largely hinges on driving engagement. Saying you want to prosecute Fauci is great for that sort of thing. But if you want to get the rest of the country to buy in to the damage being done by Twitter censorship, there's no way to because now they can easily discredit him as some type of a right wing hack. They were doing that before he started doing crap like this. Now their job just got a hell of a whole lot easier. So you can like Elon Musk for hating Fauci. Listen, I think Fauci's a scam. I think he sold us out at every turn. Okay, and it's very inflammatory to do this to liberals because they worship Fauci. Like it is a cult called Fluanon, not QAnon, Fluanon. But the reality is, if Elon Musk thinks he just put our political discourse into a place where people are going to be more open minded about what Fauci is guilty of, but what Twitter censors are guilty of, what Democrats and potentially the FBI are guilty of, he missed the point entirely because he just made it all about him. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa. All kinds of news being made on the show today. So this just came out courtesy of Business Wire. Might as well share it with you. 
Wow. It's a happening press release just put out uh, by the Fox News Channel. Fox News Channel to present All-American New Year 2023. Helmed by Fox and Friend Weekend's Will Kane, Rachel Campos, Duffy, and Pete Hegseth. Multi-platinum country music star Brantley Gilbert to perform. Fox News Channel's Emily Campagno, Griff Jenkins, and this guy Jimmy Fallon are going to host the pre-show, Countdown to All-American New Year. Uh, throughout the night, we will get appearances from multiple Fox News personalities. Okay, and woo, this is crazy. Multi-platinum country music star Brantley Gilbert will perform live from the Wild Horse Saloon, kicking off at 10 p.m. And the special will also include a comedy routine from Jimmy Fallon. Check it out, you guys. We're making moves over here on this show. It is a high honor uh, to, to be able to announce this. Uh, I was kind of told it was in the works. But now this is like, this is serious. This is not a drill. Uh, this is the real thing. We got to get into the zone. So I will be hosting with Emily Campagno and Griff Jenkins a one-hour preview of the Fox News New Year's Eve coverage. And then I will be a part of the live coverage. I'll be at the Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville interviewing the crowd, going on set with Pete and Rachel and Will. And then, yes, shortly before the ball drops, you'll see me on stage doing live stand-up comedy, which is always exciting. It's a high honor to do stand-up live on TV knowing that one joke could end your entire career. This could be a problem. <laughs> this could be a – you talk about a high-wire act. They they set you up in an open bar for three hours and then send you out onto live TV to tell some jokes. I got to tell you, folks, it's going to be a wild one. You better watch it. It is the Fox News All-American New Year, and uh, it runs from 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 1.30 in the morning. And if you like watching Fail-A-Vision, you're going to get all sorts of Jimmy Fallon action. We're talking about gold tuxedos. Uh, there's all kinds of wild stuff being cooked up by the wardrobe department. It is one long four-and-a-half-hour cry for help, and I'm counting on all he is to be there because I need the damn ratings. Uh, my girl, Tommy Laren, she lives in Nashville year-round. She's not only there now, uh, New Year's Eve, but she's there right now. And she's going to join us next to talk about the Twitter files. We're going to have a big adult conversation about all things Twitter right here on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are fired up to talk to this next guest, a damn good friend of the program, a multimedia superstar. She's actually one of the two sober conversations I had at the Patriot Awards took place on her Outkick show. Uh, joining us now to probably stage an intervention for me, the great Tommy Laren is back on the show. Tommy. You know, Jimmy, uh, a little birdie told me that you might be down here in Nash Vegas in a couple of weeks. And so I'm getting Music City ready for you. I've already sent out the warnings. We are ready for you. <laughs> you know what's funny about, like, Nashville uh, uh, is the one place I don't ever have to worry about sticking out if I'm hammered. Because everybody there, with the exception of yourself, is hammered about 23 hours a day. Are they not? Yeah, the tourists, absolutely. But when you come here, you are officially a tourist, so you can bring those white boots that I know that you have <laughs> that nobody that lives here actually wears. We'll give you a pass on that. Bring out the rhinestones. You can get on the pedal tavern. You can drink all day. The world is your oyster when you are here, Jimmy. <laughs> I knew I could count on you, pal. Well, here's the thing about the white boots. I am reluctant to pack any fine fashion when I travel these days because they might get stolen 
stolen by a cross-dressing member of the Biden administration. You know, I thought about that last night when I was getting my luggage here in Nashville after coming home from New York, and I thought, do they only snatch the, the suitcases that look really feminine? You know, <laughs> we heard that he snatched, a, like, a Vera Bradley the first time, uh-huh. which has, like, quilted florals on the outside, so that kind of screams this <laughs> belongs to a woman or a gay man. Uh-huh. So maybe the contents are a little bit more friendly to somebody that would snatch luggage. <laughs> so uh, mine is a more masculine-looking suitcase, so I think I'm okay, but I have not seen your luggage. So I do not know if it is floral or not or if you were in danger. Uh, but you want to know, by the way, what I kind of resent about this comment? Comment, is you wouldn't just flat out assume that it wasn't floral. You're basically saying, based on the outfits you've seen me wear, it might be floral. It might be, and you know, I don't assume anybody's identity or preferences anymore. <laughs> you know, that really upsets the left, and we know that I'm very hesitant to do that. <laughs> Tommy Laren playing some newly found defense when it comes to cultural criticisms. Uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, I know we do have New Year's coming up, and I am you know, planning to be down there at the Wild Horse Saloon doing Fox stuff. Now, is there any chance of us having a beer, or are you going to be out buying one of these Hunter Biden paintings that just went on sale? Uh, I don't think I have that in my budget. Uh, I think that maybe you, you know, you're on Fox News all the time. That salary has got to be pretty thick for you. So I'm I'm hoping maybe you can get me one for New Year's. I'm looking forward to it. Please wrap it nicely. <laughs> what I think is so fascinating about this story, right, is, you know, the the laptop was, was an exercise in the Biden selling influence, trading on their name in government to make big money. And this really is brazenly the same thing in plain sight site if for no other reason than Hunter Biden as an artist doesn't actually have a following. He's a brand new artist. So the idea that he's commanding two hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars is not a testament to like the market speaking. It's a testament to people believing they can, you know, get you know, peddle some influence here if they get a couple of bucks to Hunter. Uh, do you read it that way or am I missing something? Hunter Biden is the Kardashian family of politics. He knows how to flip a buck on absolutely anything, and his branding is absolutely excellent. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he had Kris Jenner on the payroll. That is how good that man is at marketing himself. So as much as I want to be mad at it, shoot, he's not being held accountable, so you might as well make as much money while you can while the sun is shining. Uh, And I think that that's exactly what he's doing. So I don't know what that gets you other than an ugly painting by Hunter Biden, but he's cashing in, so I can't knock hustle. <laughs> well, it's funny. We're talking to Tommy Laren. Uh, it's so funny because their show was keeping up with the Kardashians. This is basically, yes, paying up with the Bidens. That's what it's become. And uh, it's fascinating to watch it play out. But what this is what I wanted to discuss with you about all this Hunter stuff is we got another round of Twitter dumps over the weekend. And obviously there's overwhelming evidence that Twitter was leaning left and censoring conservative viewpoints. But do you on some level, like I'm almost concerned because there's a bigger attention being paid to, you know, prosecuting Twitter or investigating Twitter. And I feel like this is almost a a freebie to the Bidens because the smoking gun to me has never really been about Twitter. It's been about the Bidens. Do you concern yourself at all that all of this attention being paid to Twitter is going to give the Bidens a free pass? Listen, I would be willing to give the Bidens a free pass if we just he promises he's not going to run again. I mean, (laughs) at the end of the day, that's all we want at this point. But I think we can do both. I think there's enough investigations to go around. You know, even less about Twitter. I just want Fauci to be investigated. That's number one on my list. Mm -hmm. 
maybe Twitter number two, Biden, Hunter Biden number three. But I'm really interested in this next Twitter dump that we're going to get about Fauci, because uh, Elon Musk has promised us this. And as somebody who's been heavily censored for COVID content, I want to see what was happening in the back channels of Twitter as it comes to COVID, because that actually impacted people's lives. And I want to know what was going on. Yeah, no, and I think that's fair, because I think when it came to Fauci, like, he took on a different meaning to people on the left that if they could take a step back, I think they would understand is pretty unhealthy because we have seen public evidence, uh, obviously, of him taking you know dozens of different positions whenever the politics required him to do so. But he really did. He mis- misled the country. Uh, he seems to have lied to Congress at the very least. But there's a lot of people on the left that this is it's like an emotional thing. Like when Elon Musk said investigate Fauci yesterday, the reaction to that, I thought, was harsher than anything uh, that he's taken a position on up until now. Is the Fauci thing like I mean, they always say the right is in a cult. Is the Fauci thing a cult? Are we watching the, you know, flu anon? Is that what this is? Well, there are certain people out there, Jimmy, that will never let COVID go. And Fauci is their king because he won't let COVID go. And they honestly want to wear their masks in perpetuity. So they do see him as some kind of a COVID messiah. And I I really thought it funny yesterday when I saw John Brennan tweeting about how he's a national hero and he saved the lives of millions. Yeah, well, let's do a little investigation into that gain-of-function research because I really don't want to hear anybody be called a national hero that funded gain-of-function research and possibly brought COVID to our doorstep. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly why we need Elon Musk and we need the investigation. The left loves Fauci. You know, they have a a thing for tyrants. That's why they also love Gavin Newsom in California. But that's just their thing, you know? (laughs) Newsom. Tommy Lahren is on the line. Uh, Her show, Tommy Lahren, is fearless. It airs on OutKick Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 o'clock. You might see me in a few of those episodes. Uh, Here's the thing, man. They do have, you're right about the tyrant thing. Like Newsom, if if Biden doesn't run in 2024, which he's not going to run. Like I know he can, they'll say the right things now because they don't want him to be a lame duck president. But do you believe there's any world where Biden actually runs? I think that there's more of an opportunity for him to have the run than to run. Um, (laughs) No, I, I don't think he's going to run again. The only reason that they want him to run again is because they realize that with him as their leader, they can pretty much pass through whatever they want because he's not going to stop it. He doesn't even know where he is. So he's been very beneficial just to rubber stamp everything that the extreme left wants done. But no, I don't think that he's going to be able to fool people enough. I don't think that there are enough energizing shots in the world to get that man up and running in 2024. I just don't think it's possible. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of B12 they got to shoot him up with. But you're right. It's like it it really is. This presidency is like an iTunes user agreement. They just make him scroll to the bottom and click. I agree without reading anything. And now you've got an open border. You know, you've got all this, you know, this war on domestic energy. It's it's really been bad. Um, And the other thing, too, in this, I saw you talking about this out on Outnumbered last week. I don't want you to think I'm stalking you because I've mentioned a lot of your media stuff. Um, But I was watching you talk about crime on Outnumbered in that they have created this environment that has more empathy for the criminals than it even does the victims. And you were kind of saying, which I want to give you credit for, because I say this a lot. I don't know that Republican leadership is nearly as tough as Republican, you know, followership, meaning you say a lot of the right things that the meet that Republican leadership agrees with. But I don't see them fighting as hard as we are over on social media. Do you? 
No, and they are horrible at communication. I mean, when it comes to messaging, the Republican Party at large just really, really sucks at it. You know, it's one thing to say they're letting the felons out, they're letting the criminals out, and that's fine and dandy. But if you don't bring it home and you don't show people that it can be changed and you don't show people that this is not, in fact, criminal justice reform, then you're not marketing it and you're not selling it to the voters. And they failed to do that in a lot of the races. Lee Zeldin obviously did a fantastic job with it, and that is why I believe he did so well. But again, Republicans need to get tougher. They need to take a page out of Trump's playbook and find an issue and hammer it home, have a catchy slogan that goes with it, like build the wall, and then we'll get it done. Maybe lock them up instead of lock her up, lock (laughs) them up instead of, you know, open the prison door. That would be a nice one to start with. How about it? You could be the head of marketing for the RNC. I'm not, I'm going to buy new luggage. That's what I learned from this conversation is you're telling me my floral print is a liability. It is a liability, and I had a feeling you had something exciting on your luggage. Ah, you so I'm glad before it. you come to Nashville, it would probably fit in here. You know, this is Music City, so <laughs> you could bring a bedazzled guitar, anything that you want here, and you will fit in. But just be careful. Be watching that, that baggage claim because you never know. <laughs> it's, it is so insane. Before I let you go, let's just let's really acknowledge this as two people. We have a cross-dressing weirdo in charge of nuclear waste disposal simply because because we'd never had one before. I mean, that really is his loan qualification for the gig is that he checked boxes. And when it comes and I, and I bring this up because, number one, that's insane. But do you feel on some level like the Brittany Griner swap was basically predicated on her checking boxes as opposed to a Marine who's just a Marine in the eyes of the woke left? I don't know, Jimmy. You think? <laughs> you think that has right. something to do with it? I mean, I don't know. That's so. I gotta really ponder that one. It wasn't, you know, the oppression Olympics and and her ability to meddle in that that made her a, more of a likely candidate than than a Marine who's uh-huh. a white male. Yeah, I have a feeling, and I know. I think I saw you tweet about it, and it was fantastic. You know, if he would have changed, Paul Whelan would have identified as transgender. He might have had an opportunity so to put his name in the hat there, or there's hat in the ring there. But no. Oh. No, unfortunately, no. It's so true. But like I ask these dumb questions because I want to believe I'm missing something. But it seems to be this obvious that they're just like, those are the priorities. You know, the old Trump line, everything woke turns to S. It's so mm-hmm. true, though. It's it's not good, Tommy. Well, listen, man, one way or the other, I appreciate the fashion intervention. And uh, they should know that Tommy Lauren is fearless is every Monday, Wednesday and Thursday on Al Kick. And there's going to be a quiz on all three of this week's episodes. So everybody listening understands. Tommy, you're the coolest. Let's get beer in Nashville. Let's do it. And I want to say this in closing because mm-hmm. I want to put this out there and get those positive vibes and end it on a really high note. It is the season of love and forgiveness after all. I hope that next year we have Brittany Griner at the Patriot Awards because I hope that now that she's been released, she loves this country so much that she is wearing the red, white, and blue every day, and she is belting the Star Spangled Banner from the rooftops. So I'm going to put that in the universe and hope it happens. <laughs> oh, man. I support this all the way, although my fear is if she comes to the Patriot Awards and kneels for the anthem, a lot of those military wives are going to kick her ass. So we got to be careful. But it'll be good for ratings. So I'm right with you, Tommy. Yeah. I co-sign. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jimmy, as always, and we can't wait to see you in Nashville. Oh, you're the best. Ho, ho, ho. There she goes, the great Tommy Laren. Watch her on OutKick Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And, yes, I appreciate the positive vibe. And, yes, I would support Brittany Griner becoming a little more patriotic because she hates the country. She didn't stand for the anthem. But I'm telling you right now, you show up to the Patriot Awards and you don't stand for the anthem. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. And that's the women talking.
You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Introducing Woke Christmas Classics, the holiday series designed to make sure you don't get coal in your stocking from the outrage mob. What I want for Christmas is a Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock and a single tails top. Cut! 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 Whoa, whoa, we can't give anybody a BB gun for Christmas. We'll get canceled in a second. All of your favorites have been remade along woke lines so there can be peace on Earth with Frosty the Snow Person. Birthday. And the all-new It's a Wonderful Life. So check your white privilege. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Woke Christmas Classics, selling out fast around the country. Oh. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And I don't know there's a big market for Woke Christmas. Everything woke turns to but the great Christmas debate, uh, we filmed this on Fox Nation, and uh, it aired on the Fox News channel last Sunday night. It is now streaming on Fox Nation. It features myself, cable news super hunk Will Kane, Janice Dean, the weather machine, Jerry Willis. It's a banger, uh, and it's us debating simple Christmas things like you know fake tree or real tree and lights and everything in between. Even Pete Hegseth makes a cameo. And the nice thing about the great Christmas debate on Fox Nation is that we were all completely sober for the entire taping. That is a fact check false. Uh, I don't know. I can't speak to the drops in this one. But the point is it's worth checking out if you're looking for some good escapism from the news of the day, which is very contentious as always. If you want to escape in person, you can come hang out with me. And uh, there are rumors of a Jenny Fallis sighting. Jenny Fallis celebrated a birthday yesterday. And uh, the word on the street is she's coming to Fort Wayne, Indiana with me this weekend. Uh, We'll be at the Summit City Comedy Club which is, of course, SummitCityComedy.com if you want tickets. And we just announced moments earlier Fox News issuing a big, giant press release uh, saying that myself, Emily Campagno, and Griff Jenkins are going to be hosting uh, the 9 p.m. New Year's Countdown show. And then when the show goes nationwide at 10 p.m., we hand the ball off to Will Kane, Pete Hegseth, and Rachel Campos Duffy, at which point I'll be in the crowd interviewing people and doing live stand-up before the ball drops at midnight. It's a hell of a high honor uh, to find myself in the position that I do, uh, you know, being one of the headline names on a press release from the biggest media company on the planet. Uh, but these are the heights you and I have propelled this show to, and I very much do mean – you and I, uh, this show does not work uh, just because I'm some goofball who has some halfway decent opinions about politics and the state of affairs in this country. It works because there's a market full of goofballs like yourself that get it and see the value of being force multipliers of positive energy everywhere we go. I always say be a dog with a job. You go to the airport and the dog's always wagging his tail because he can't believe they're counting on him to sniff the bags and save the plane. Well, believe me, I am just as shocked as that yellow-white Labrador uh, that they are counting on me to save the New Year's Eve show. So my tail is very much wagging right now, uh, and I do have to get off the air. If you guys want to come by and pet my stomach, that's fine, but you can't take too long because I will be on the Fox Business Network tonight with Brian Brenberg, 
who is hosting the 5 p.m. show, Fox Business Tonight. Tomorrow night, you will see me with the great Laura Ingram. Uh, Thursday night, I'll be on with Sean Hannity. And I don't doubt there's a Harris Faulkner appearance and multiple Fox Business hits coming along to go with that. Uh, But either way you slice it, today is a huge win uh, in our little plan for world domination and multimedia relevance. So thank you for playing a big role in it. And thank you to everybody who has been messaging me on the Fox Across America Facebook page. It's the only one I respond to. So if you guys are sending me messages on Instagram, I saw that I had like 33 messaging requests yesterday. I don't actually ever get to check that Uh, based on the demands of time. I'm asking everybody to funnel their messages to that Fox Across America Facebook page. Uh, But one way or the other, uh, you know, however you message me, I appreciate the sentiments. Uh, Even if you're going old school, sending like a carrier pigeon or doing like a smoke signal, Elizabeth Warren style, one way or the other. Your appreciation for this show has taken my quality of life to the moon like you just can't imagine. So a thank you from my big, fat, clogged artery of a heart to yours. Uh, But the show is over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.